Welcome back to the Project 24 YouTube podcast. Y'all ready for this? <laughs> Julia here, and I have Nate with me, and we are going to be discussing picking your niche and niching down. So I've kind of identified two sides to this, at least two that we'll talk about today. The first one being picking between wildly different topics. If you have a couple of different interests that are completely different from each other. And then the second side of it being kind of narrowing down your niche after you've already kind of decided the initial direction you want to go. I like it. I'm excited. Cool. Okay. So let's start with picking when you have no idea where to start. And there are several different things that interest you. So I think there's a lot of different criteria we could look at with this. A couple that I thought of were how much you enjoy the topic just in general. Um, how maybe like purpose driven you are. So you might have one thing that you really enjoy, but it feels maybe a little frivolous. Or then you have another thing that maybe you enjoy less, but you feel like there's a really important purpose behind it. Uh-huh. Um there's things like if there would be an audience for it, monetization possibilities, um, and then maybe like creative freedom, like some things you're kind of just maybe stuck with more of a talking head, although you might argue you could get more creative with almost anything. Yeah. But some things are, you know, in nature more creative than others. Yeah. Are there any that I missed? What Which ones would you add to that? Oh, man, I I think that's a great list. I think it be, might be worthwhile, like you were mentioning before we sat down to record, to maybe discuss a bit more on each of these. Is mm-hmm. that what you... Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Here's, here's what I was thinking. Oh, and by the way, I hope I hope we're not sounding too muffled here. So it's <laughs> funny if you if I could take a photograph of us recording right now. We're both wearing masks because uh, Julia was feeling a bit sick and I didn't want to bring anything home with me, etc. We're sitting mm-hmm. like super far away, like 10 <laughs> feet away from each other. It's pretty funny. Uh, Maybe but, we'll discover it's like a great pop filter alternative. Yeah, I'm wondering. Yeah, because we're both wearing masks. Hopefully the audio isn't that much different. Uh-huh. <laughs> Okay, so I, I love this list. Uh, and in the area of picking your niche, so assuming, l- let's say you already have a niche and maybe this conversation is still valuable to you when you're listening to this um, to just refine it a mm-hmm. bit uh, because there are various considerations to, to take in mind here. So I thought it'd be fun, like you were saying, to, to talk through each of these. Yeah, and yeah, and I think this episode, especially as a whole, will hopefully apply to you no matter where you're at. Even if you started your channel and you've been at it for a long time, um, you know, there's always pivoting you can do. And so hopefully we can cover pretty much everything, no matter what stage you're at. Love it. Yeah. So as far as this list, uh, just ways to decide what niche you're going for. So the first one you said was how much you enjoy the topic. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think we all think about that when we're, th- especially on YouTube in some other areas of business, people will focus on the money first, mm. but on YouTube, for some reason, it seems like in most cases, we we think first of, well, would I actually enjoy, like, do I actually want to make a channel about this? Yes. So I think this is a good first one to talk about because you can be looking at, uh, let's say, I, I I like lawn care. I always use that <laughs> example. I love having my lawn be, look really nice, which, by the way, that's not me. But <laughs> I'll just say this as an example here. Uh, so let's say I really like having my lawn look nice. Uh, if if you were to come to me and say, should I, should I do a YouTube channel about this because I enjoy the topic, um, the first thing I would be asking you is, do you enjoy it? Which is exactly this, mm-hmm. how much do you enjoy this topic and, and how much? Uh, 
And then the second thing I'd be asking you is, uh, do you want to monetize a hobby? Mm. Do you want to monetize something that you enjoy doing? Because I don't think we always stop to ask ourselves, should I? There are risks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Should I be monetizing something that I enjoy? It's the classic example of someone who bakes really good pies. And I feel like there's examples shared in the Michael Gerber's The E-Myth Revisited, mm-hmm. if you've ever read that. It's a, it's a good one on this. But I think in there he shares an example of someone who they, they bake really good pies. People love them. And so all family and friends are saying, man, these are really good pies. And the person themselves says, yeah, I enjoy making these pies. So everybody says, you should make a business out of this. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. Yeah, let's make a business. You could make so much money. You make the best pies. And so they go into it and they say, yeah, I'm going to do a business. And they're excited. And they start this business baking pies. But what, I'm paraphrasing here, but what a lot of that individual didn't realize is that there's much more to running a business on it. But also, will you still enjoy doing it if it's your income? Right. If it's what you have to do every day, because we know this, a YouTube channel, it's, um, in most cases, there's a level of consistency that you need to maintain. uh, And... So that, that automatically entails that you do it even when you don't feel like doing mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah, I know someone who loved sewing. I can't remember what, some specific thing. Um, and she decided to make an Etsy business. And the second she did that, she never sewed another one of those things again. <laughs> because it just it becomes work. And then we don't want to work. So there are risks to monetizing a hobby for sure. So what if somebody came to you and said, well you know, this is my business or this is the topic that I think would be very lucrative on YouTube. And you said, well, do you enjoy it? And they said, well, no, not really. Would, would you caution them against that? That's a, that's a very good question. Uh, it's, I would probably ask follow-up questions here. Mm-hmm. So like what? you're saying, if I'm understanding correctly, someone mm-hmm. comes to me and says, I want to do a YouTube channel. It's on a topic that I don't really enjoy that much, but I still want to do it. Yeah. I'd be saying, well, why do you want to do it? Mm. Do you have a perception that it will, in most cases, the person will have a perception that it will improve their life in some way. Mm-hmm. It will make me more money. Uh, and actually, if they if they come to me and they say straight up, I don't enjoy this topic, but I want to make a YouTube channel about it. It's probably about money. Yep, I'm guessing probably. nine times out of 10, it's I want to create a side hustle. I want to make more income for my family. And so uh, it, it might be that and and so if it is really about money well so first question would be why do you want to do this mm-hmm. probably it's about the money then the next question would be uh, have you have you looked into it, whether it's worth it for the 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 goal amount of money you're going to make not not like the woo big promises mm. i'll make you know ten thousand dollars a day every single day <laughs> like not that but realistically have you looked into how much it would make mm-hmm. for you and is that worth it to you because at that point what is the youtube channel it's essentially a, a job mm-hmm. it's like hey i'm gonna go to work i do this activity whether or not i care about the activity very much in most cases unfortunately or fortunately i don't know how you look at it in most cases when we work a day job or employment we don't we don't care about it that much or it's something we do care about, but it's still not something we own. And mm-hmm. so we don't have the buy-in. So it's almost like we shouldn't care about it too much because yeah. we don't have that buy-in. Um, so 
it, it's almost at that point, I would look at it like, yeah, you're, you're creating a job for yourself, which yeah. is a self-employment style of job and potentially a business in the future, um, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, do you want to do that? And do you want to have this job that you could create if it is on this topic? Will you enjoy that? Yeah. And what, what suggestions would you have for looking into it and figuring out the potential um, likely earnings of a specific niche? Oh, one is um, you could go through Project 24 huh? <laughs> and look through the various monetization methods we have mm. on there um, to just g- get an outline of there. Uh, you could ask pe- you could ask around, ask people that have a channel that you're thinking about doing and say, mm. would you be willing to, you know, however willing they are to share, but would you be willing to share how much you make from that? Yeah. Um, how, how much money you're making, how long it took you to make that much, what an average workday looks like, how much do you work? Mm-hmm. Uh, that type of thing could be super valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Or you could ask someone like myself or, or that that maybe has done a lot of studies on a variety of different niches. Um, there's, I actually, as of recording this, have a video coming out soon where I ask the insiders and the YouTube audience, got a lot of responses, how much they're making from their channel and how how they're making it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I realize it's not a full picture, but it does show you, this is the channel, this is the niche, and you can see, you can look at the channel and say, this is how often they're publishing. And from that, I can guesstimate how much work it's taking them to do that. Right. Uh, which is, this is a cool angle. I didn't think about doing it this way. Maybe I'll do that in a future video. Yeah. But, uh, but you can look at that and see, okay, so they're making $4,000 a month and they're publishing once every week and this is their topic and kind of break it down that way. And you can see the quality and see if you think you're likely to be able to achieve the same, better, maybe not quite so good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for that video. There's a lot of data we have. Yeah, it's coming out soon here. <laughs> mm-hmm. It'll be good. Uh, so back to your question there. Uh, you'd have to ask. Do a little diving in. I think it is a sticking point, a difficult thing to to really know or to get connections with someone who has already done what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but in most cases, if I were going into, I would just assume it's going to take a lot of time Yeah. and kind of estimate some generous numbers for the amount of effort it's going to take, um, and, and dive into a few monetization methods and just see, mm-hmm. you know, if I, if I thousand views video, if I assume that 1% of those people are actually going to purchase my product and my product costs this much, how much am I going to make? Mm-hmm. So some as breakdown estimates of, of revenue, that's what I'd be looking at. Very cool. So I feel like that covers the monetization possibility um, and how much you enjoy it. Now, audience. This one's a little tricky because it doesn't feel like you have to have this dialed in perfectly because you can you can pivot and kind of adjust your channel to the audience at some points in the process. Mm-hmm. But where would you put this like in order of importance when deciding on a niche? Maybe you have two wildly different niches you're trying to decide between. Would that be one of the main things you would think about or one of the secondary things? Like whether whether or not there's an existing audience. Mm-hmm. Or, is that what you're saying? Yep. Is it interesting? The, the departure here, is, so the context here is um, for a long time we've here at, at Income School, we've talked about blogging and the, the cut and dry there is if you don't create content that people are actually searching for on your blog, you're dead in the water. Mm-hmm. Like no matter how much you enjoy your content, that's just not how people consume Google search results because that's the primary source of traffic we're teaching there. YouTube is a bit different because 
if there isn't an already existing audience for it, that doesn't mean that you can't invent that audience. Yeah. There's a lot more flexibility there. However, if there isn't an already existing audience for it, chances are you're going to be taking a lot longer to build that audience to, to get the awareness that you want. And there's a few reasons for that. One, literally people don't know that they want your content. Mm -hmm. If it's not similar enough to something else, then they don't necessarily have the point of reference to know that they want what you have. And the other part is the algorithm. It, it works best if you're able to clearly show the algorithm, hey, my content is similar to this other audience that's already existing. Therefore, you can just easily bridge the gap between other similar existing audience into your content. Uh, it tends to grow much more quickly if you do it that way. There is also the space, I got to put it in here. Mm -hmm. There's also the space for YouTube search uh, that if there are areas or search queries that are not being answered, then you can immediately do that. That's more like you can immediately have a video or several videos take off. Uh, that's more of the blogging style approach where it's like, is somebody actually searching this? And are enough people searching this but not getting answers? If you create the perfect answer for that, then you're in a good place. Yeah. So of of these metrics, if you, the person listening has two or multiple very different topics they are considering doing, which of these are the most important? Let's say one wins on, they enjoy it the most, one wins on there being the best audience and one has the best monetization potential. Which one would you tell them to pick? <laughs> hard question. <laughs> that is a hard question. I wasn't anticipating that. Do you think these can be ranked in terms of importance or are they importance? all equal? I'm like, I'm thinking on this here. I'm going to come back to, if you enjoy it, cool. I think there's a slight preference there. The reason for that, the the logic I'm following through here is if you don't create content or you dread creating content, eventually you're going to stop unless mm -hmm. you have really, really good um, discipline, which it will require discipline. But yeah. if you just hate it, uh -huh. <laughs> which creating content that you don't enjoy tends to lead you to just hate it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the same as a job that you hate. Like you can keep doing it because you want to make money. But would it be better if you enjoyed it? Yeah. Yes, it would. So that one most often leads to the other things. It leads to you finding an audience because audiences, especially on YouTube, can feel whether you enjoy your content oh. or not. Uh, and then the other one is if you have an audience, there's always a way to monetize. Yeah. Wherever there's attention, there's a way to monetize. I think that's incredibly helpful. Another thing I would add there. Um, just kind of from personal experience and from a book I recently read. I cannot remember the name of it right now, but it was about motivation. Um, and it had a whole chapter or several chapters about kind of that and thing we were just talking about, how when something becomes work, you don't want to do it anymore. Um, and so kind of a strategy I've tried is just pretend it's not work. Like even if even if you're doing it for the money, like when you're actually in that creative process, as much as possible, try to find other reasons, more internal motivators, like, oh, I'm going to see how, you know, cool I can make this video or, or how much you can like just get excited about it itself as if you weren't making any money from it. I think eventually that'll probably actually get you to making money faster. Yeah. I would agree. And I think the reality is it's a combination of these things that mm -hmm. leads to the most success. Right. Um, because for a lot of people, even if they're not directly enjoying it that much, making money from it is very motivating. Yes. <laughs> so, so it's 
it's kind of they all mix together. Right. So let's move on to defining your niche once you have a topic. So, you know, if you have been doing YouTube for a while or maybe you have not started yet, but you're pretty certain there's only one thing you would consider starting a channel on. Um, I'd like to help you figure out you listening, not Nate, figure out um, kind of what direction to take that at any stage. And so the first question would be um, how much of that Nate, do you think comes into play prior to starting the channel or while you're just setting it up, you know, the first five videos versus as you're growing that audience, do you want to kind of have that zoned in as much as possible and then be open to pivoting or is it kind of a waste of time since you're going to adapt so much anyways? Yeah. If this was your first time choosing a niche nine times out of 10, I would recommend you just pick a topic mm-hmm. if you're interested and you say, yeah, I think I could make videos about that. I think that'd be fun mm-hmm. to do that. Just start with that and start making videos and go under the knowledge that you're going to be refining it as you go. It's partially why in the YouTube system right now it has the starter phase that's, you know, do do all this, create videos, and then we'll go into industry audit and drafting mm. and crafting your content and all that uh, because it's just a matter of getting started, getting used to that first. Yeah. It's going to be a constant uh, refinement. If you've already created a successful YouTube channel or attempted several times in the past, it might be worthwhile to do just a bit more research before you start uh, because it can it can just help you start off strong. Mm-hmm. Start with a bang. I see that being very effective. I will say on a high level here, I don't think, this is my experience here, mm-hmm. I don't think that any channel is ever done with pivoting yeah. or choosing their audience or refining what they're doing. I don't think they're ever done with it because I have too many evidences uh, from my own experience and from observing other channels. They'll You'll reach a new point and you, you'll pivot. You'll reach a new point and you create content and it's awesome. And then um, because the nature of like people on YouTube is we thrive on new stuff that it's the channels that even if they find a sweet spot that they can create content and create it consistently, you'll watch them gradually. If they only do that, gradually over time drop off because it's not like in view count and all that because it's just not as interesting anymore. Yeah. It's, it's been done. It was cool when it was new and now it's kind of dropping off. And so channels have to consistently be reinventing themselves um, either explicitly like, Hey, we're launching a new direction right now, mm-hmm. or just over time, better ideas, new ideas, fresh ideas uh, that that's always going to be happening. Yeah. So what about for somebody who has started their channel, maybe they've been at it for a while, but they feel like it has not taken off yet. It's kind of dead in the water. Would you say, you know, it's hard without knowing what their niche is, but is it likely that they should try pivoting or is it more likely that there's something else missing either in production quality or camera presence or what have you? First thing I do is go through the compass in mm-hmm. YouTube system. Again, if you mm-hmm. haven't recently, especially drafting, just under industry audit and drafting, what's out there? Is my stuff actually for that same audience? I'd okay. be asking that. This is funny because our earlier questions about how important is the existing audience. Uh, the reason I say that is I've seen channels that go on forever and ever th- doing what they want to do, which is, it's great. You should do what you want to do, but doing it in the way that they want to do it also. 
And mm. it's this weird dichotomy with marketing and entrepreneurship. You have to make a product that an audience actually wants. Right. Because if not, you're going to spend tremendous amounts of time and effort educating or showing an audience why they should want something. And if you do that well, that's great because you create a new market sector essentially. Yeah. But if you don't, it can spend, you can spend tons of money, tons of time and effort educating people on something that they just don't even want. And the reality is on YouTube, you can spend forever creating content that an audience just does not want. Yep. Your, your content is your product on YouTube. And so if an audience does not want it or it's just not landing, that's why I say start with industry audit and drafting. Uh, go through that first. Um, because then just just to recenter yourself and, and ask yourself, is this actually content that people would want? Yeah. That's the first thing. Uh, the second thing I'd be saying is if you, if you do that and you answer the question, you say, yes, an audience does want this, man, you need to up your energy. Mm. Believe it more. Uh, do a lot more. Like, I, uh, I'm going to insist that this happens on YouTube. That I know the audience is there. I know I'm making good stuff. I'm going to keep going and just amp it up dramatically. Yeah. It's, it's a point of just insisting that an audience listens, listens <laughs> to you. You can't directly go to them and force them to. But if you've really done your research and you know there is an audience for this, channels are doing this, There's an, I, I know this is, my stuff is good, just act like that. Mm. Act like you already have 100,000 subscribers. You already have a million subscribers. Just do that and you will see the, the audience happen. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the results will happen. You know, If you build it, they will come type of thing. I um, love that because it's something you can start doing next time you hit record it's not something you have uh -huh. to do research for or i mean those things are good too going through project 24 all of that is really good but it's it's something actionable you can do right now that's awesome yes and the next thing i would say just because it 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 does help in a lot of cases is um if, if you feel like you're doing those first two things then it might be time to get a consult mm -hmm. like hire hire an expert reach out to to me or something to to just get a, a second set of eyes on your content or go to a mastermind here in, in project 24 yeah. and just ask your questions because sometimes we have blind spots. Yeah. We just don't see why it's mm -hmm. not working. Yeah. I think that's really helpful. It's hard to, in a way we're our own worst critics, but in another way we, we have big blind spots. I think sometimes people don't see yeah. other things that, well, I wouldn't click on this cause it looks too dark. The thumbnail is too dark or the room looks too dark and, yeah, I mean, we didn't think of that, so. Yeah, no, it, it's funny, and on a personal note here, I, I haven't said this, I, I'm in the process right now of just going back and literally going through the compass phase for channel makers, the mm. channel makers channel, uh, because it just, it feels like it needs it. Interesting. It feels a bit like it's getting a bit stagnant as of recording this. Uh, I really, it's totally behind the scenes, insider stuff here. That's my current perception of it, and so I'm going back and saying, okay, What's a new direction? What's yeah? What are some new angles? And what do you hope this? to achieve with that? It's one is to revitalize the audience. It's I've as I've spent more time on YouTube observing both my own experience and other channels. I see that channels. This is harkening back to what we were talking about earlier. Sometimes they just need to reinvent themselves just because because what they're doing is stagnant and they feel stagnant or the audience feels stagnant or whatever it may be. Um, they need to just reinvent themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I think I'm forgetting your question. What was the question? 
Oh, just what makes you want to, what, what do you hope to achieve by going back through the compass? Yeah, phase? so it's basically that. It's refreshing. It. I, there's growth points along the way that I see with channels. When you get your first spike or your first video that takes off and you start getting people in the door, it's super exciting. And that naturally lends a lot of motivation. And there's several spikes along the way. Um, and so I think what I'm looking for here is just a recentering mm-hmm. of the brand. Why do people watch Channel Makers? And why do they watch it instead of all the other channels? Interesting. Uh, so getting clearer and clearer on that. Yeah. Well, I have one more question. Yeah. And that is, let's say we have a spectrum from what's already working on YouTube or the way everybody else is doing maybe a specific topic. And let's let's say they've already narrowed down the topic at this point. You know, it's a pretty specific topic, but they're thinking, well, I could do it the way everyone else is doing it. Or I could take a completely new angle on that spectrum. Where would you suggest somebody start when they're maybe first starting a channel? And then I'll ask you the same question later about once they've been at it for a while. Yeah. Uh, with a first started channel, I would not go too far into the realms of completely new. Mm-hmm. 100% I would not, like, uh, meaning 100% of your channel being completely new, I wouldn't do that. Oh, I see. Okay. On a brand new channel. Uh, ratio, I'd probably be going for six, at least 60% of stuff that we know there's an existing audience for. Okay. So I said one more question, but that's bringing me to five more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> In that way, would you say like 60% of the videos and then every once in a while try a video that's a little more out there? Or would you try to just kind of kind of sprinkle your existing videos with that unique angle. And I swear, I, I think I would look at it. That's a good question. I would look at it as 60% of how you do things. Okay. So video topics, thumbnails, everything, uh, all of it, like the delivery of it. Uh, I would not say whenever, I would never say 100% what everybody else is doing mm-hmm. because then there's nothing unique that you're bringing to the table. Yeah. And I know, I know it works for some people, but I don't know, it's just a personal yeah. thing here that the reality is if, if you're generic, then you're not memorable. And I'm, I guess I'm all about being memorable. <laughs> and <laughs> so. it won't be enjoyable either. If you're generic, you're not really being you because not everybody is exactly the same. And so I don't think you'll enjoy the process as much if you don't feel like you're adding your own little spin to things. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then what would that ratio maybe look like after somebody's been at it for a while? Maybe we should specify what a while is. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? Maybe a year? Oh, man. If, they've, if we've been trying with a channel for a year, we're not, we don't seem to be getting traction. Or what if you are getting traction? I, you know, uh, oh, oh, okay. So you first just of all, think like, well, I want to try a different angle. Yeah. Start okay, with okay. one. So first of all, if you're not getting traction, I say keep doing that. The 60% okay. show. Just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are getting traction and you're starting to get more of your own dedicated audience, you can change that ratio a bit uh, to do more unique stuff. Yeah. Uh, this tends to work better on especially connection archetype channels. If you start doing your own thing more and more, you start to become known for that thing and you essentially become your own brand Yeah. at that point. Um, and other people will start to mimic you, which is kind of fun. But it, information, I've seen it be a little bit trickier to try to um, move away from what is common or what people are expecting in that space mm. uh, because typically, typically on an informational channel, they're there for the usefulness of your information. And so you're not necessarily inventing new ways to to do the thing. Yeah. 
unless you are really good at it and you're you're you have the expertise to do that. But in most cases, you can't depart too far from what people are expecting in an information mm-hmm. space. That's been my experience thus far. That makes sense. There are cases where if you already have an existing audience, you've already tested yourself, you've shown you can have a successful YouTube channel, you could start a new channel with a different ratio of that, mm. what's already out there versus what's totally new. Um, because, and this is where you see, it's, it's the success stories that people like to hold up as, look at what this person did, they totally exploded their channel. Mm. It's, in most cases, they've already had a channel and they already knew how to be successful, but they started a new channel with a unique spin on mm. it. It still had overlap with what people were already expecting. It's not totally bizarre and totally new, but those are the ones that you often see taking off really fast. Right. Um, because they do something unique or they do it in a new way that no one had thought of before. Mm-hmm. I think that's really helpful. And I hope this has been helpful. Um, definitely open to feedback if there's anything you'd like to hear more of or suggestions you have um please let us know in the product 24 community i believe we have a specific podcast thread for the youtube podcast so i try to keep a close eye on that as it is um and we will talk to you next time Project 24 is a product of Income School LLC. Results mentioned are not typical. The trademark Project 24 refers to the goal of some people to create a successful business in 24 months, but is not a promise or guarantee of that success. Many online businesses fail because, like any business, it requires hard work, skill, and dedication. Before making business decisions, consult financial and legal professionals licensed in your jurisdiction. So in short, the only person who can make your business successful is you. We are simply here to provide information to help you along the way.